Welcome to the Corporate Streets Podcast. And if you listen to Mozart's Symphony Number no. 40 in G minor while cleaning your Glock 30 with four bodies on it, well, this just may be the podcast for you. And um, I am just normal Jaren. And this is TJ. And uh, I didn't have any apologies uh, for anybody from last week. I was going to shout out the light-skinned men of America, but um, we offer that now, so... Uh, what I do have, just like, shout out Light Skin Men of America. I'm <laughs> repping on this podcast. I don't know what the hell he talking about. Right. Go ahead. So, uh, just um, like you had last week, uh, I I am going to begin this podcast with a rebuttal to something you said. I took, Speak. So, I took a little offense to this thing that you said last week. <laughs> um, basically, I felt like you tried to hobby shame me. Hobby shaming? Yeah, you hobby shamed me uh, regarding this uh, dog thing, and you said you it. Call like it I, I don't. I don't know if it was shaming though. I was just saying that you got. You know, you guys. Was it really for the dogs or is it for the people? Because the dogs don't care where they running and jumping. Well, you know, the people. It is for both. The people's just meeting up. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, hey, it, dog, run. It is for both because the dogs. It's not just any kind of dogs. They were working dog. Um, so working dogs, <laughs> okay. there's different classifications of dogs and then it's a working dog. So they're made, they have like the drive to want to run and jump, but that's, I'm not about to explain this again. Look, <laughs> that's besides the point. What my point okay. is, I actually think that I'm pretty normal with my hobbies. Um, okay. and, uh, like I said, I was a little bit into the dog thing, um, but I'm heavy into like cigars and, um, uh, I collect old cameras. All right. That's um, not bad. Yeah, that, that's normal stuff, right? And I'm so, I'm somewhat yeah. serious about gaming. And okay. uh, even as a kid, I collected stuff. So I collected stamps. I collected rocks. I collected seats, uh, like seashells. Um, collected rocks? Yeah. Like oh, co- cool looking rocks. Like textures yeah. and looks and got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, right. I've always collected stuff. I even collected uh, basketball cards, of course. And um, I, I, I even, was in that. Yeah. I was in that scrap. I, I I collected basketball cards. I actually still have my cards. I just looked at them. Yeah, me too. Oh shit, that's about a year ago now. Me too. I looked at them about a year ago, but I still have them. I still got some pretty good ones too. I got some Allen Iverson Rick. Well, I don't know how much they're gonna be worth now, but yeah, probably not much. I think the card yeah. industry kind of fell off. But um, actually, I used to collect X Men cards. I don't know if y'all did that at your school. But no, nah, we ain't do that. So, so we had X Men cards, right? And I was like, I had like the X Men card trap house under like the monkey bars on the playground. Okay. And so, like, people would come up, and I'd be like, "Yo, what you looking for?" And they'd be like, "Hey, man, you got uh that new Psylocke?" And I'd be like, "Uh, I don't know, man. What you trying to do? Cash or trade?" And, you know, they'll tell me, you know, if they want to just trade a card or whatever. And then I'll, like, whistle to my homie. And he'll be like, you know, he'll go to the stash spot. He'll so you was card. dealing. Yeah. He was dealing. Yeah. Yeah. He'll go to the stash spot. And then we even had a lookout. So if, like, a sixth grader was coming, like, see, we didn't have pigeons to clap. But we did. Right. Like, so we would just, like, use the kindergartners, right? And we would just, okay. like, clap in the kindergartners and run away or whatever, you know. 
So, uh, yeah, I was, uh, we still put in that work on the playground, man. And uh, <laughs> so that's how we do, you know, that there was some heat coming is when the would come, or would clap. And so anyway, um, but yeah, I, I feel like my hobbies are pretty normal, right? Um, but people are into all kinds of weird shit. And so now you about to since since I hobby shame you hurt people hurt people you about to hobby shame some other people no I'm not about to I'm not about to hobby shame them you just called it weird you just did the shit already you just said other people was into some weird shit okay you know well you just I mean, hobby shamed them already before you started but go well, ahead I mean, man. you name it it's out there no what I'm saying is is that people could be into much stranger things than dog sporting okay for example people are there's like a hobby of extreme ironing said that i didn't hear you the, the hobby of what extreme ironing oh okay like they were iron. extreme ironing yeah like so they'll be like on rapids on a like on a uh, little boat ironing their clothes they might be on a mountain. They might be in a helicopter. They <laughs> might they might jump out while skydiving and ironing a shirt. Yo, I'm pretty good at ironing, but why are you jumping out of a plane ironing a shirt, dog? I don't. Because you're extreme. That's what extreme that? people do. Okay, it takes a lot to be able to be falling from a plane and still do an action and do it well. That's pretty impressive, but, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so. So what? It's not impressive that a dog can jump over a fence. I didn't say that, man. I didn't say nothing. Okay. You keep bringing it up. I didn't say nothing wrong about your hobby of meeting up did. with other. You kind of, you kind of did. You kind of shamed me on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. Just, I was just. I didn't. I was ignorant to it. I didn't know that people did that. I didn't know. I didn't know about it. So I was asking questions. Though. That's all I was doing. Okay. I was trying to get more did information. You, did you know that people collected like in-flight sick bags? collected what like the in-flight barf bag oh um maybe there'll be a collector's item i don't know it is to somebody. see those those things that right there that's a guy collecting it and that's his thing he's not meeting every week with a bunch of guys with barf bags though that's actually that's he kind of does he has a website dedicated to this um, the actually there there is a one guy in Singapore that has 388 bags from 186 airlines. <laughs> I didn't even know it was 186 airlines. I guess he collects them from <laughs> all around the world or something. I I, I did yeah, all this man. research. I did some research. Um, actually, your guy, uh, your boy Bill Gates, he collects rare, rare things. He, yeah, because he's got weird money. That's why he's like he's rare looking for something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, he's got he's got money, so yeah, he's got the money to blow. He's looking for something to blow his money on. Well, speaking of something that he blew his money on, he actually blew. Actually, I'm gonna let you guess, but he paid for a manuscript that contained essays by Leonardo da Vinci. How much do you think he paid for that? <sighs> it's not Leonardo DiCaprio. It's Leonardo da Vinci. I will say what? A couple mil. Um, times 15 he paid 30.8 million dollars for this thing 30 million like he probably can't even read it 
Yeah, he don't even know Italian, but he bought this shit just to have it. I don't know, man. That's but you know what? So that's the thing. We I guess we're not supposed to understand it. Everybody's not gonna understand it because again, people just be into shit and like who would think why would I spend you know, say eight hundred dollars for a sixty year old camera. You know, people wouldn't get that. It's film, you know, I can't post a shit on Instagram when I take the picture. Why would I pay pay all that money for it? No, I, I get the I get the idea of collecting items. I get that. I get the collection. You know what I'm saying? I, I get people doing that. You can collect whatever you want because you think it's interesting. I kind of collect shoes a little bit. So okay. I get it. I like shoes. And when ones come out that I like, I go and buy them. Okay. If I can get them and if I can afford them, I'm not the type that will spend $2,000 on a pair of sneaks or nothing. But, but it would be okay if um, you did. It would. I, it would totally be okay if I had the money to do it. I got a family too, so I gotta, right. I gotta kind of, uh, you know, balance that out. Family comes first. If yeah. I was a single guy and didn't have no other responsibilities, I can blow forty five hundred dollars on a pair of rare shoes. But so I get it. I totally get that. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to shame. I was just asking questions about the whole dog meeting thing. That's all. Okay. Well, I, I still have a couple more because I did the research, so I'm gonna get these. All right, well let's let's hear it. Let's so, hear it. Uh, speaking of rich white men, <laughs> do you know Elon Musk? I do. Okay, and so, I do. He has he has a lot of money to blow. Yeah, and he has some cool cars out there too. Yeah, and so for the people who don't know, Elon Musk is the founder of Tesla, which is a and car company. SpaceX and SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. And SpaceX, he's doing it right now. But I, yeah, so he, like you said, has a lot of disposable income, and he is actually like heavy into James Bond, and so okay. he actually bought this Lotus uh, from uh, the movie The Spy That Loved Me. And this, okay, this, I don't know that's that just, movie. That's just one of the head. that's just one of the James Bond movies. You know, it's like okay, like it's probably like thirty of them now. Um, and so they're saying that he's actually having his car converted into a car submarine, like in the movie. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So that would, that would actually be kind of nice. I don't know if I would do that if I had that much money. Like that's just, no, if you had Elon Musk, if you had Elon Musk money, then you, you would totally do something that kind of weird. Yeah. You would you would do something like that. I'm sure you would. It'd, it'd you think, be something. Uh, it'd be like a camera car or some shit. You'd I mean, make a car out of all of your rare cameras or something. I've never. I mean, like when I think of like having millions of dollars, like you know, you always had that conversation about winning the lottery. I've never sat there and said like I would do some crazy stuff like that. I mean, because you ain't got it yet, though. You ain't got it yet. When you got it and you feel like you won, dude. Have you? Whenever you play Monopoly and you just busting somebody's right. head open in Monopoly, you get tired of playing. You like, I keep winning this shit. You keep landing on Boardwalk. You keep landing on Park Place. I'm bankrupting everybody, but I want to keep playing because I'm on top. So I'm going to give you money so you can pay me back. And it's like, I just need to blow some of this. It's, it's boring now. I'm going to just give my money away. It's just like that in real life. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I would do that. Like, I would get my, you know, the cars I want or whatever. I don't see myself going after any hero cars or nothing like that. Uh, maybe. It, it depends on the hero car, but I wouldn't 
go through the trouble of converting a actual the actual hero card to like a car submarine. I just don't think I would do that. And like if you was in the Iron Man, you would go fucking buy an Iron Man suit or some shit. Like you <laughs> if that you would, and you then would go actually buy, make the shit, like who would do that? Somebody. Somebody who got the time and the Elon engineering Musk. skill. Yeah. Yeah, he would. He totally would. He he is Iron Man. He All just right. makes whatever the fuck he wants to make. Bro. Right. So last but not least, I do have one more. All right. Shoot. And let's see if you can withstand shaming these people. So there is there are people out there who participate in a sport called okay. competitive mooing. Competitive what? Mooing. Mooing? Yes, like mooing like a cow. They go to a competition, and whoever does the best impression of a cow, they win. Who's judging this shit, man? Who's judging this? <laughs> like, you is don't it have the judge or it's the people that's participating? Who, who's the... I don't uh, know. I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying to even have a competition. They have to get somebody who knows what a cow sounds like so well that they're going to say that this one person is the best out of the rest of the people of sounding like a cow. Who is judging this? I guess it's a farmer or somebody. I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> there, there are there are people who go around practicing, you know, day in and day out yeah, before they go yeah. to bed and they practice their mooing and in anticipation of or preparation of getting ready for this mooing competition that reminds me of the the air guitar people i i, I want to say i that oh, there's yeah. an air who could air there's guitar, an air yeah. Gu- yeah who can do that like, who's judging that who's trying now i can see who's trying that that shit sounds like a joke like i'm going to act like i have a guitar in my hand really really fast and there's and a competition for this yes I can see that being a joke. I can see some young teenagers, maybe some mid some mid twenties going and doing that competition, getting drunk and having a ball. But mooing, ain't nobody getting drunk and mooing, man. That's yeah. somebody's really taking that serious. Yeah, I, I I really couldn't see myself doing something like that. Like I think there is a point where I just don't belong. And I don't think I was I could see myself at a competitive mooing event. You know what? If you were at a competitive mooing event, you would. It's very likely you would be one of the only black guys there. Um, you would be. You would. You would probably be one of the one of the token black guys there. Kind of like I was at this dog sport thing. <laughs> and actually hey man, we, you, we touched on that last week you know uh, about the token black guy thing and yeah I, I definitely um was i don't know if i was the token black guy but i was definitely the only black guy there it's not like they invited me or anything but um, <laughs> right but right. I, I do tend to find myself in this situation quite a bit you know what and that's that's really interesting just the idea so i actually i actually wanted to look that up because that term came up uh the term came up in one of my little circles and it made me want to go back and say where did this come from token black guy what does this even mean right um because my my vision of token black guy is a positive one it's kind of like you're 
the black guy that's there and you get to try to represent for the black guys right but when i looked it up uh i was i was educated it's if you just look in the just a dictionary any one of your choice miriam dictionary.com whatever you choose uh it's the practice of doing something only to prevent criticism and give the appearance that people are being treated fairly and uh, one of the definition is actions that are the result of pretending to give advantage to the groups in society who are often treated unfairly in order to give the appearance of fairness. I didn't realize that. And by the way, that definition was of tokenism. It wasn't of token black say, guy. I, I was going to say, that's like tokenism, right? Yeah. Yes, that, that that's tokenism. So that led me to, wow, why, why does that sound so... Why does that sound so harsh? So what is tokenism? So I uh, just did a quick search because do your research, people. Just stop listening to people and do your research yourself. And so listen to I you. Found, li- they should listen to you telling them not to listen no, to no, people no, 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 research no. stuff. No, 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 no. They should definitely listen to me telling people not to listen to people and to research themselves. But notice what I'll do differently. I'm going to tell what my source was. And I'm going to offer the idea that people should go check it out because it was a pretty good article. So that's what makes me different. So and that's what um, makes you my, right. <laughs> no, it doesn't make me right. It makes me it makes me different. That's what makes you I just want to be different. I mean, you're a vice connoisseur, so it's OK. That's all you have there to you say. Go. I know we just talked. We just talked about this. I'm an advice connoisseur. We're advice connoisseurs, but I'm just trying to do it differently. I don't want to just start spouting off stuff and you not know where it come from. Because I didn't make the shit up. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to check what I'm saying, you can read it for yourself. It's a really interesting article. But I found something that uh, Dr. King had actually wrote. And it was published in the New York Times, uh, August 5th, 1962. It was called The Case Against Tokenism. And I won't go into the entire article because it was a few pages. But a few things that um, that popped out to me was that he spoke of planned and institutional uh, institutionalized tokenism so he was saying that back then in the 60s what was happening they were trying to give an illusion of an illusion of segre- uh, of desegregation and trying to include black folks so places would hire a couple of black folks or they would uh, let a couple of black people into all white schools to appear to be no longer segregated and he believed that tokenism was a tool for delaying uh, integration. So that I thought that that was really interesting. And then he went on to say that uh, that the that the people who were trying to oppress um, they understood that full resistance couldn't last forever. So their leaders began to just throw a few crumbs at black folks so they don't appear to be racist. And that was his idea of tokenism and why. He wanted to go against tokenism. And so I thought that that was really interesting because I looked at tokenism as something totally, well, not tokenism. I looked at being a token black guy as something totally different. Okay. So, so, so what did you look at it as? Well, when I looked at being a token black guy, I looked at it as I have an opportunity since I am here. I have, and I feel as though I got to where I am because I wanted to be there and I worked to get there. It wasn't because I wasn't thinking of it as a white guy placed me there in order to not look racist. And I didn't feel like I got there just because of affirmative action. 
I felt like I wanted to be in this place. Just like you didn't get you you weren't invited to that dog show to round it out so they can have a black guy there, right? Right. I, so I just but showed up one day. Yeah, you just showed up one day, right? But you would have still, in my opinion, would have been the token black guy. You would have been the guy that gives the opportunity to show that other majority how cool we really are. You know what I'm saying? You get to represent for the black guys. You get to be the token black guy and give them a representation in which they might not see before. And so that's how I always looked at being a token black guy watching movies and um and obviously they weren't historical movies they might have been uh movies that were satires but they the movies that talked about being the token black guy it always appeared that there was this one black guy who either acted out the stereotypes that confirmed what white people believed or um it was this black person that had the opportunity to show what black people are like but not just in a stereotypical way you know what i'm saying so that's the way that i understood that's that's what i nobody's ever sat me down and talked to me about tokenism so it, it really intrigued me i was really intrigued by what i read and that's why i wanted to share it okay uh i know like for me i have you know i have, I've, I've of course been in those situ in situations where i felt like i was the token black guy uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't bother me as much, but I mean, it is still a struggle sometimes. Um, like, for example, um, like one of the hobbies I'm into is like cars. And okay. so I'm not. <laughs> OK, I'm not going to say I'm not typical. I'm not the typical black guy, but um, most black guys aren't into like performance cars from what, as far as I can tell. Okay. Like, I know a guy who got a Camaro, and so the first thing I'm thinking is, is it a V8 or is it a V6 version? And, of course, it's just a V6. <laughs> right. And then... um, Maybe he didn't want a gas guzzler, man. What you mean, yeah, of course, it was a V6? But, Maybe I mean, he was buy, trying to save some you, money. If you buy a sports car, you're buying it because it's a sports car. At least that's what I would think. But he's buying it for the appearance. So he's got, like, his big rims on it. And now people look at well, you know, people look at it and they're like, oh, that's a dope-looking car. And I'm looking at it like, right. it's just a V6. Like, <laughs> like you, It ain't even fast for real. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think a lot of the... Uh, urban culture that's kind of the way they lean towards with cars you know i'm into modifying our car and stuff i mean i'm in like to imports and so at these types of places i would say it's probably like 95 percent white guys and and that's the midwest i'm sure it's a lot different in other places that aren't fly flyover states but in missouri um that's pretty much what the ratio looks like. And so right. the first thing I do when I get to these places, I look around and I'll just kind of walk around and kind of checking out the other cars. And I'm kind of looking for somebody that I know because I don't want to feel this. I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable. So you're looking for another black guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, you... not even necessarily another black guy. I, I am definitely aware of, are there any other black guys? Or black right. people, 
but so um, so some shit pop off you know what corner to run to so y'all can try to click up nah just for the sake of just the, I'm, I'm not sure why i do it just interested if there are any other black people here like even when i'm at a wedding i'm like am i the only like i'm the, I'm the only black person here and i'm working at the wedding <laughs> as a photographer like they ain't got no black friends but you know whatever so right. um or black co-workers that was invited to the wedding that's always kind of funny to me but so uh, that's my top priority is trying to find somebody I know because I want to feel comfortable. Now, that might not necessarily be a uh, token thing or a, a black guy struggle, but this is just the process that I go through. Now, okay. if I don't find somebody, I'm, I'm normally cool because, you know, somebody will always come up to me and ask me about my car. And so I normally could kind of find somebody to kind of chat with and you know, so it's it's good, but before that point, nobody would really talk to me. If I'm just walking around, unless I'm standing next to my car, that's when somebody would finally say something. Not that they have to say anything to me just because I'm walking around, but even if you come in and look at their car, they won't say uh -huh. what's up or nothing. And so, but but since I've been into the car thing long, I mean that normally wasn't that normally won't happen. I normally would see somebody that I know. So, okay. You know, I've been doing this for like 15 years, but, um, but the reason why I'm like that, especially at these car events, well, I mean, there was a time that I went to the track and, you know, drag racing, right? Drag racing. Cause yeah. Cause there's a lot of black guys doing that. And who's going to ignore that? I mean, that's my whole point. Like, you know, it's not a lot of <laughs> black guys doing that because they are at you know O'Fallon Park or you know just cruising or just parked along the side of the street right just like look at my car I mean that's not what I'm right. into I'm into a car that actually moves and performs right so it seems like the guys at O'Fallon sitting next to that car are looking for the fashion of the car and you're looking for more of the function of the car if they're even looking at that I mean because I think that's kind of poorly done too a lot of the times but yeah I mean look at you shaming check it out man they, I don't they, care that looks tight with the with the with the candy paint and the uh and and the graphics and shit man that's that's hot to them nah i mean it looks it looks kind of silly to me but that's just my opinion <laughs> and so that's an old man opinion but go ahead you got your old no man i think on. it's okay to make a car look good if it's functional like like if you put a spoiler in the car and it's gonna increase your downforce whatever that means um i think that's okay yeah 70 yeah. percent of people who's putting spoilers on cars don't give a shit about their downforce yeah. <laughs> it's for it's for fashion it's not for function right so anyway at the track and i'm sitting there it, it, it happened to be one of these days where i didn't know anybody there and i'm sitting there on the stands and there's a group of white guys sitting behind me and like somebody throws like a drink down and it hits me and it hit you yeah did you did you run or test them did you so go into the stands and I go stand fuck up, somebody up i stand up and i'm like like you know who did it and of course they all just get quiet now nobody says shit so it's just one of me and it's like five of them and of course they don't nobody is gonna fess up to what they just did mm-hmm 
Why did they do it? Why did they pick me out of everybody there? I mean, it's just me there. I'm just by myself, minding my business. Right. Watching cars go up and down the track. But they hit, they, you know, they hit me with the cup or whatever. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's that's kind of why I'm always trying to find somebody I know. I don't feel like that would have happened if I was with somebody. But because not. because I'm the 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 one and only black guy at this track basically, or in that area, you know I was singled out, and so um. So yeah, and then another thing I always do. So it's not always that intense, of course, but I do also feel like the pressure of having to prove my intelligence. Okay. So I just don't seem like a dumbass, you know. So like. For example, again, with car stuff, like, I don't want to be that guy who says, yeah, this Mustang has a JDM rotary engine. And basically what that means is, you know, it's an engine from Japan. Uh-huh. Of, course, of course, a Mustang doesn't have an engine from Japan. It's just a U.S. car. Probably because it's an American car. Yeah. Well, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, right. But people are, you know, there there are people who would say some stupid shit like that. And you know what? And that sounds like last week's fake ass connoisseur. Right. <laughs> that sounds right. like some shit a fake ass connoisseur would say. Or I don't want to be the guy that's like, you know, this is a four five carbine. I don't want to be like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, don't, I just don't want to be the one getting trolled and laughed at. So, I mean, I, I definitely feel the pressure to perform because I'm around a lot of white people. True. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's just being uh being quote unquote token or not. I think that because just uh the media perception of African American people is that they don't know as much and they say stupid shit and they rap words that you can't hear and rap doesn't make sense. That's the perception that they give and the movies the perception is the the one black guy that's in there is Steve Urkel and shit, you know, where they saying something that's a stupid tagline or they are upholding some type of stupid stereotype, right? So I think that a lot of African-American people who are in settings that have a lot of another race, not even just white people, just a lot of another race, they feel like it's on their shoulders to represent for the black people out there that know what the hell they're doing and what they're talking about. Right. And and that's and that's what I'm saying about that. That was my perception of being a token black guy. Anyway, is that you have this opportunity to be the coolest guy you want. You can kind of write your own script. You know what I'm saying? Because they people I think that people are intrigued by black people because we kind of got a bad rap. You know, we got, you know, black people got taken from somewhere and put somewhere and enslaved for a bunch of years and wasn't taught to read and write. And then they had to fight their way through it and fight to be uh included and then the fight still kind of continues and it's not easy but we still somehow are resilient and i think people are intrigued with that so when you are the only black guy in the setting or the only black girl in the setting you have the opportunity to show how smart we can be how cool we can be because people are intrigued they want to know yeah, but why do you have to? Why does it have to be an opportunity to show stuff? Like, why do we have to put on a show? Uh, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to put on a show, and and I don't mean it to sound negative. Like we're court gestures, 
court jesters. I said gestures, <laughs> court jesters or something. We're not court jesters where we have to put on a stupid hat and tap dance for people. I'm not saying that. But anytime you're in in front of anytime you're in front of people, I mean, even even if I was a white guy, I would want to perform like the best white guy or the coolest white guy I could possibly be at all times. And that would just be my natural being me. So whether I'm around other black people or, or excuse me, if I was around other white people or if I was around black people, whoever, I would try to be the best me I could be. And that's just my mentality. So when I am the when I am the person that's the token, I feel like since we have a bad rap, it's my opportunity to show that we're smart, too. I'm smart. Don't try to treat me like the stereotype you see on TV. That's all. It's not about tap dancing or nothing. Right. So I didn't want it to. And I just wanted to clear that because I don't want it to sound like I'm putting on the show. Or I'm faking. Although you totally can, though. Again, like I said, you can totally write your own script when you are the token or my perception of the token black guy. I don't want to upset anybody that has this perception of tokenism. But my perception of being a token black guy, you can totally be the toughest guy in the world. They won't know the difference. You can totally be the 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 uh, that the hardest, you know, you came from the hardest background. You can you you were the poorest kid. And now, look, I went to UCLA and I made it. You can be that you, you could have three bodies on you. Right. You could have shot people, stabbed people and people will believe everything that you're saying. For the most part, unless you fuck it up, right. unless you get caught up in a lot, right? But you get the opportunity to write that script around other people who are intrigued by you. So I think that is a positive thing is that naturally other races will be intrigued by you. I mean, there are going to be people that just flat out hate you, too, which is sad. But there are people who aren't racist who are intrigued by black people. And I think that that's pretty cool. Okay, right. Because we could still be getting hung and strung up in fucking trees. And although there are places in America that still treat African-American people very poorly, uh, I'm just thankful I don't live in a place where I see that every day. And if I did see that every day, I would try to get far away from that place because that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Wouldn't want to raise my kids or nothing like that. So, um, But yeah, that that's my idea of, of token token black guys. Or token black people, whether it be guys, girls, or whatever else. Another thing I was thinking about was just the other just the other day, I heard a name, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thought was, that's some ghetto shit. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? That is some ghetto shit to name your kid, man. That is that's that's crazy. Um, oh, what was the what was the name? Uh, hold on, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of it. I think it was Chardonnay is what it was. Okay. And um you know you know a couple of those? I feel like and, I did. And you know what? I actually after I thought about that, I felt bad because I felt like that that was kind of judgmental. You know what I'm saying? To just say, "Hey man, that's that's a ghetto name. That's that's not fair for me to 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 call that out." Chardonnay, you know what I'm saying? If that's what the parents thought that that's what they wanted to name their kid, then fine you know but well shit fuck it that that one that one is kind of that that one's kind of ghetto because that's that's an actual 
that's a type of of type of wine, man. I don't know why they named the kid Chardonnay, but there's other names out there that people consider ghetto. It just made me think about the idea of ghetto names as a whole, and I was thinking about the Sharkeishas and the uh, Antronisha, mm-hmm. um, anything with a la, a sha, a uh at the end. They're okay. usually accompanied with the stigma of being ghetto. Why is that? You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I've wondered about that before. And you know what? I, I have no idea. I mean, I guess just because it's a name that mainstream America is not used to or perhaps not accepting of. And mm-hmm. when I say mainstream America, it's not just <clears throat> it's not like pointing to like just white people. Um, because of course there's black people who are like man that's a ghetto name or they're they're afraid of their their names like i know people who would change their name say like if their name was uh tamika you know they might change their name to tammy you know just oh. just so, so you mean you mean actually change it or they just go not by change like, it, but they go by it like, oh that, that's what they like, go by because you know, it's like on a uh, resume or something or a job oh wow just They'll put Tammy instead because they're afraid of how, uh, quote unquote, ghetto the name. Oh, may so sound. Uh, I guess Tamika don't doesn't sound doesn't sound white enough. It sounds uh, it sounds a little. I guess they don't want to be pegged. I mean, it's not. I guess, but I'm pretty sure it's about they don't want to be pegged as being black. And so whoever's looking at their resume is, I'm like, oh, this is a black ghetto girl. Uh, we don't right. want. We're not. It's gonna throw that one away man and that's so that's so unfair man that's that's un, that's totally unfair that a person feels like they have to change their name because they don't want to be pegged as a certain group you're being judged by the name that's but, that's whack but of course everybody doesn't do that and this is why i don't feel like people with quote-unquote ghetto names or i don't think the whole ghetto name thing should even exist because nobody's call, calling Weisenheimer or Arflowski and you know <laughs> like those names sound crazy but Schneider yeah the, those those names are okay well Schneider sounds normal to me I knew a whole bunch of Schneiders but you know when you when you have like these four or five syllable names you know those names are okay how though like why is that okay compared to um, compared to your Sharkeisha you know the only difference I can well, see yeah. is that those people's their names came from, you know, they might be Italian or it might be German, and you kind of know that's what that name comes from. And it's okay then. Right. You know, it's okay for you to know, like, oh, Arflowski, he must be Russian. And that's okay to prejudge that person and know that they're Russian. But it's not okay to be like, oh, Sharkeisha. Now she has to be ashamed that she's black. <laughs> you know, like, right. like what, why, why is it like that? And I don't feel like people should be ashamed. You know, Sharkeisha, do your thing, girl. Go ahead and I don't know what she well, can you know do with what? her name, but no, I don't know what she can do. Um, Shar Sharky, um, Shar, Shar. No, just Keisha. It'll just be Keisha. No, nah, Keisha. Again, that's still. It would have to be like it Sherry. Has the a. She would change Dude, her name if to it Sherry. Has the Sherry? Yep. Okay, gotcha. Because the la, the sh, and the uh, whether it's the beginning or the end, that that indicates 
um, what can be perceived as a ghetto name right. for some reason. And I think you I think you hit the point right on the head is that I think that you understand for those other names you were naming that that culture is used to having that specific type of name. And so proud of it. it must be it must be that culture. But for for black people, since they were taken away from wherever they were in Africa. Right. And they had their set of names and they had their own language and they was brought over to America and enslaved and given a, a different name and their culture was wiped away now when you try to when you try to rebuild something new i think it's just a tactic it's another tactic to be able to uh to segregate and to have a way to be racist and there's a perception that was given that was hey that's ghetto or that is not a name that normal people would name their children that must be a black person which is totally whack but it happens not everybody does it but it happens yeah and yeah i I just feel like yeah the black people definitely you know they're just trying to build a culture basically but of course they get shamed or they feel shamed a lot of people feel shame themselves about like the names and so you know chardonnay Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think it's okay that you're named after a champagne or whatever Chardonnay is. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Chardonnay is. What kind of drink it so, is? So, so a name like uh, Khadijah is that is that a ghetto name? No. Does that sound like what is perceived as a ghetto name? It. I mean, in my mind, no. If you it saw, isn't, if you but, saw, but if you saw Khadijah would. on a resume. Or do you think a person named Khadijah would be afraid to have their name on a resume because they might get pegged as a black person? Yes, they would. You know what? That's really interesting because uh, Khadijah actually has like a uh, an Arabic origin. You know what I'm saying? And so it's that's like even a- worse nowadays. <laughs> so that is it's, it's, it's of an Arabic origin. And a lot of Muslims, they name their children... Khadi- they, that's a name that's popular in the Muslim community is Khadijah. But now people could peg it as being a ghetto name, which is totally unfair. No, they and they would peg it as not being a mainstream normal. Name. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a normal quote unquote name. normal sounds, name. It sounds ethnic. We know it's not from Europe. We know it's not from Asia. We know it's not from South America. It's Hence, from it's, it's, it's from Africa. It's from the Middle East. It's from somewhere dark and that's what they would peg it as it doesn't now, matter if it's what ghetto I, or not now what i would say is hinting on the is knocking on the door of of what's what can be perceived as ghetto is the the name creation you know what i'm saying because there are and i know all races do it but this is what we're talking about ghetto uh there are certain people who create names they're taking the first name of the dad and the mom and they're mixing it together and it can sound a little it can sound a little crazy you know what i'm saying it can sound a little not normal it's not fair for me to call it crazy but you do start knocking on the door of okay that's a little that's a little much but what is that you created you create you created that name of the you know, mixing the the dad's name. But see, and what what's what's wrong with that though? See, 
that's that's the whole problem because yeah so sean quisha was is is the is the <laughs> daughter of a man named Sean and a woman named Keisha, and why can't that be something to be proud of? If people looked at it as that, just like a person would look at being named Snyder as something to be proud of, right? This represents my heritage, and you know here we are trying to create our own heritage since or culture since it was wiped out right why can't how come i can't be proud that i was named after my mother and father why should i be ashamed of that because that's all we can do is create we have to create you have to start somewhere true true i mean somebody came up with these names you know arfalowski and willieheimer or whatever They, they, they came from somewhere right yeah so okay so let's take it a step further then what about naming your child after what you perceive to be extravagant, affluent possessions, material things? What about the Mercedes, the Nauticas out there, the uh, the Versaces out there, the Gucci's? What about those? What about you named your daughter Gucci? And she's walking around. Her name is Gucci Jones. <laughs> what about that, dog? There is, are. Is, what's up with that? What your name is? Uh, your name is uh, Lexis Smith. What do you What do you think about that? Um, I think first of all, you can name your kid whatever the hell you want. You definitely can. But let's talk about it. We're talking about. It. Let's talk and, about. It. Yeah, I'm getting to it. <laughs> so you can you can name your kid whatever you want. I mean, like I name my dog. We know we know the. Po- hold on, hold on. We know the politically correct thing. We know that and true. You can totally name your kid whatever you want, and we're not talking about animals. We're talking about your child. You want a Mercedes so bad, you named your daughter Mercedes. I doubt that's why people would name their kid Mercedes. I doubt that's why what do that you name is. why do you name your kid Nautica? Why do you do that? Because a lot of these girls I've heard it a hundred times. Like, I think that's a cute name for a girl. That would be a cute name for a girl. Okay. It was your favorite article of clothing, but you just so happened to feel like that was <laughs> a, a, a nice name. If you ever had a baby girl, you think right. the name Nautica sounds sounds nice. Right. And I mean, what if she, I mean, if they named them Lauren, now that sounds like a normal name, right? But of course it's after Ralph Lauren. I mean, but his, his, his name it's was a, a name. was a name. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but a little, it's still after an article of clothing. I mean, I'm yeah, sure that but might, then when, there when might you, have been a Mr. Then when you go, somewhere. Yeah. There, um, so when you, when you, but yeah, Mr. Mercedes as a last name and then you name your daughter. What's wrong with that? As a first name. And it's, I don't know. It was just. Just asking, man. I'm asking a question. What do you think about that, man? That's all I'm asking. Because I don't care what people name their kids at all. But I don't think it can be perceived. It can be perceived as ghetto that people are naming their children after brand name clothing uh, vehicles. I mean, I mean, just, okay. Uh, so what about what about a person that names that kid Apple? You know what? I mean, I'm pretty that, sure that that's probably. Name? That's there's probably it's it's um it's not that it's a ghetto name, but it's interesting that 
a person would name their child after a fruit or a company that they like so much. Now, um, why just, why would that now why would that not be considered a ghetto name? Not saying it's a ghetto name. That's some ghetto shit to do. I mean, I just I don't know. So that's, I just I just pulled up a couple. Um, I just took a quick. I just want to take a quick look at some celebrity um, baby names. I've I've uh, hold on. I'm not gonna say her name. Don't want no problems. Beehive. Um, <laughs> so let's just move right along from that one. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just looking at somebody, uh, Arthur Ashe. I think he was a yeah, tennis player. Yep. His daughter's name yep. is Camera. Camera? Camera. Like a camera. Is there a problem okay. with that? That's you a know thing. What? It's not like it's a specific camera. It's just camera. You know what? There's probably some underlying story that happened in Italy that I don't fucking know about. I guess, man. Um, and just cause I wouldn't do it. Don't mean that, you know, that it's something wrong with that. Somebody else did it, but that's really interesting that somebody would name their name, didn't name the child camera. Erica, that's pretty interesting. Erica, I, Erica Badu has, Oh a yeah, I know this one. Seven series. And then she has a kid uh, named I don't Puma. Know. Yeah. I didn't know about, um, I didn't know the middle name was serious, but I did know seven. David Shout Beckham. Shout uh, Andre Three Stacks. David, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. They have a Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yep. Okay. Is that okay? That's a, what? That's a cute name. It's a cute girl's name. Um, but it's a it's a city. It's a it's a dirty it's, city in It's New a York. city, too. It's a city as well, but I'm sure Brooklyn was around long before the city. Where do you think they got I'm it sure from? should have Brooklyn. I don't I don't know the history of it, but I'm pretty sure that Brooklyn came from somewhere before it was a city. Tony Braxton has a, a son named Denim. Denim? Yep. That's interesting. Um, that's, that's a material. You, do you think it they, is? Do you it think, is a material. Do you think they had something called denim before they had denim jeans? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, since we nah, talked about what nah. was there before, I mean, Brooklyn's only been around. That for one's like actually a that one sounds. Years. That so. that one sounds pretty intriguing. That's kind of cute. Denim. That's cool. Okay, so it's why come name. how come Mercedes can't be cute? Uh maybe I just didn't think it was cute. <laughs> Shit don't sound cute to me, dog. I just Hold on. No, but wait a minute. That's not Hold on. Let me let me let's see. We got Courtney Cox has a Coco. Is Coco okay? A re, uh, like that's a real name. Okay. Sounds like a nickname. But that's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother topic. I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna chop a name down anyway, you might as well just name the kid the nickname. Like you know, you name your child Victoria, which is a beautiful name. Sounds very powerful. You know she's gonna be Vicky. You might as well just name her Vicky, unless you're gonna actually stress that Victoria is her name and it's really that important. I know people who stress their names. I know a guy named Michael who has a fit if you call him Mike. He doesn't like that shit because his name is Michael. He doesn't like it being shortcut That's at any time. I don't like. Don't matter how cool y'all are. I don't like people like that, like a Christopher whose name is Chris. I don't don't like that. No, 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 man. Why you gotta cut it short? Don't cut that man name short, man. His name is Christopher. I don't want to say all them syllables. Like you can't yell. But his mama named. So you respect the Mercedes out there, but you want to cut down Christopher to Chris. The name. The man name is Christopher. Call that man by his name. That's what his mama named him. Yeah, I think he's just kind of uptight. (laughs) <laughs> so ghetto names man um i guess to wrap ghetto names up i would say 
at the end of the day, don't judge people based off their damn name. Because you have to remember, their parents chose that name. So their parents might have been ghetto, but Chardonnay can be smart as hell. You don't know what Chardonnay has to, to offer, okay? She could be super fucking smart. Yeah. So I, stop judging people based off their names. Yeah, and I yeah, I just don't think the whole ghetto name thing, I don't even think it should exist. Like the whole thought process. It just doesn't I don't know, it's like you said, it's just another way to be racist against somebody and yep. or to self hate. Because black people definitely use that kind of phrasing mm-hmm, themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I just think right. Any anything anything that's that's abnormal or unique or going against the norm is going to be looked at sideways at some point until somebody makes it cool, like the whole Kim Kardashian when she wore the cornrows. You know, African American girls been wearing their hair like that for thousands of years. Right, and it can't you can't wear that shit in a workplace. You can't wear that with anywhere that's classy. You know what I'm saying? You can't wear that to any type of event without being looked at crazy. Kim Kardashian jumps up and put a couple cornrows in her head, and it's the dopest hairstyle ever. They call them the Kim Kardashian braids. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. But hey, I think I think actually that was like one of the Jenner girls, like Kylie or Kendall, actually, who did. The oh, most recently. yeah, she does it too. I want to say no, Kim Kardashian did it too. Oh, okay. She know. did it too. I think one of the Jenner girls did it after Kim did it. But anywhere I go, it happens all the time. Something that looks unique looks different. Um, people judge it until a cool person of their own kind do it, and then it starts being accepted. So you start having a bunch of white Sharkeishas is going to be a cool name when mainstream white America adopts it. It's just going to take a couple of it's going to take a couple of the Jenner girls to name their kids Sharkeisha. And then it's going to be all dope. It's going to be good to go. Well, good luck waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's 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 what it is. So speaking of celebrities, though, since we're talking about the Kardashian clan and the Jenner clan, have you ever met a celebrity? Uh, Yeah, I've met a few, actually. You have? Uh, yeah, I definitely met a few of them. Well, I, I had one. I had one situation... I hope your situation was better than mine. I had one situation where I met a celebrity. I mean, I've met a couple of I've met a couple of celebrities. Um, they might not have been they they weren't. I didn't meet them when they was popping popping, but the one that I met when he was popping popping, man, fucking, I'm just gonna get into the story. So check it. I went to uh, All Star Weekend one time. Shout out to my wife for letting me go because All Star Weekend is during the Valentine's Day weekend. So I went with some homeboys from high school. And shout out to Super. all the ch- shout out to all the chicks that be going up there trying to find them right. a, a baller. Right. Shout out to all <laughs> the chicks that be wearing those heels and shit and wearing those skirts that are too small and be out there in the freezing cold in February. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh New Orleans wasn't that warm. I think what last last one was in Canada. Shout out to all of y'all freezing out there with no jacket. Y'all was freezing. But anyway, um, so I went to All-Star Weekend, hung out with some really cool guys. I mean, when I say cool, I don't mean just they was cool to hang out with. I mean, they was super cool. I mean, they they super stylish cats, man. So they allowed me to hang out with them. You know what I'm saying? And that was what's up. So I'm out there. I got out there a little early, though. 
um i got out there like uh a, i got out there a night early than what they got there because where i where i'm traveling from i'm traveling from cali so all the flights would have been you know later i would have got there and missed the whole day basically so i got there a night early so i decided to you know i used yelp found a couple places where i can go and get me some some oysters and all the good all the good fixings get some gumbo okay. you know what i'm saying found me a spot i sat down i'm eating i'm watching i'm watching uh some all-star festivities on the tv and i'm enjoying myself man it's a good time and wale the rapper the artist uh walks in him and a couple guys him and his boys right and so actually i need to go back a little bit when i'm on the plane going to uh new orleans i'm on instagram and i'm looking around and i see wale i see wale's page and he's ranting about something and whatever he was ranting about it was right i was like oh man that's cool so i went in liked this picture or whatever and okay. uh double that tap, was that double tap wale's bitch i went ahead i spent the time to double tap so i du- i double tap homie's picture right and so so imagine it freaked me out some hours later i see homie walk in i'm like oh shit that's wale right there that's crazy so i'm sitting there and i'm thinking about am i gonna walk up to him i don't want to be i don't want to just I don't want to just jump on his dick. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Hey, Wale, where are you staying? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be one of those. So I'm like, how am I going to do this and still maintain my manhood? Right. Okay. So I'm thinking like, man, ain't nothing wrong with saying what's up to him. I'm just going to say what's up to homie. Let him know that I see him. And, you know, so I walks up to him and his and his click and his boys is already looking at me kind of weird because they don't know what kind of bag I'm coming out of him. Am I going to say something crazy? You know what I'm saying? Am I going to try to rob them? They don't know who I am, right? So mm-hmm. they all looking around, and I get the opportunity to speak. I'm like, yo, Wale, dog, I follow you on Instagram and everything, dog. And he just kind of yeah, okay. went silent. I was going to say, like, what was the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> like, what it else just kind of went silent, dog. And I walked away. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I just told this. I, so I don't know what it means to be starstruck. I should have, I should have uh, researched that a little exactly bit to understand that. I'm, I, I should have researched it to understand what that is to see if that's what I did. I think you just defined starstruck. All right, and it was crazy is that I don't even, man. I mean, he's a dope rapper. I like his music, but he's not Michael Jackson, dog. He's not fucking Michael Jackson. He ain't Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? He's a good rapper, but he's, man, I can't believe that that's what happened. So I'm sitting there, and now I'm pissed because the opportunity that I had to speak, I say some stupid shit like, I follow you on Instagram. What kind, what kind of shit is that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You so, might as well, like, it sounded like you might have been one of the, the chicks that was down there. Like, right. I sounded like I a straight groupie. You on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded like a straight groupie, right? So I'm sitting there, dog, and and so now um, I'm thinking about how the fuck am I gonna redeem myself from that? I, there's no way I can sleep tonight, knowing that that's the way I left that, dog. That sounds so lame. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, should I say something again? And I was I was just thinking, and so I said, yeah, man. I finally got the balls to say, man, fuck it. I need to go back over there and say something to homie. And I walk back over. Now his friends are really looking because they like, 
this group he just left over here what does he want now you know what i'm saying why is he interrupting our conversation that's right. the kind of feeling that i got and i'm like yo that last shit that i said man that was lame i came over to let you know that i like your music i listen to all your albums they dope i like what you do keep doing what you're doing and you're a cool artist dog i appreciate your music and his boys, they, they put a hand out. They was dapping me up. You know what I'm saying? They were shaking me up. They was like, yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. And I walked away, and I felt like, all right, at least I kind of redeemed, redeemed myself. Yeah. Did he, yeah. So he I didn't kinda, say nothing that time? Did you say his yeah, boys? Yeah, you know. He said his so, boys dapped you up, but what did Wale yeah, say? Yeah, he was like, yeah, that's what's up. You know, they, they all kind of said it at the same time. Yeah, that's what's up. And then, I mean, because at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I don't know what he was doing, but he was high out of his mind on something. It was probably it was probably weed, but he he didn't look like he was very attentive. You know what I'm saying? He was in his zone and he was trying to watch the game, whatever what, what, whatever was on TV. Him. And yeah, I kind of interrupted him, and that's the shit that these artists be talking about. It's like, man, I can't even go out to eat because you know what of saying? people like somebody you running up. Like you running up, being yo. But it's also why, like, I, 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 I follow you on Instagram. And I love everything. Yo. No, you didn't even get all that shit out. You just like I follow you on Instagram. Yo, duh, I told that grown man I follow you on Instagram. Duh, that, was, <laughs> that was so whack. Duh. Yeah. That was so whack. That was terrible. So anyway, that was that was that was my story. Um, and and shit, man. I bought homies albums, dog. So. He can spend he can spend a couple seconds, you know what I'm saying, acknowledging that I was I was there, although I sounded like a groupie the first See, time. I'm not, but. I'm not sure if I would have approached him because he he seems kind of angry most of the time. First of all, I don't I don't really care for it. I haven't heard anything from him that I personally liked, like as far as music. Oh, he's yeah, he's a lyrical dude. I I like him. I like the fact that he's lyrical, and he was before Kendrick. He was before. J. Cole, he was before the Cats who are being, he was before, uh, I guess he was right around the time Drake, but. I mean, we know you a stan. Um, I mean, it's cool. You don't have to, you don't have to defend him. Mm, I mean, you already. I won't say all that. I mean. I won't say all that. You ran up. I ain't like, no stan, man. Come on, man. I You ran I up fucked and up. it showed him your Wale tattoo and stuff. I mean. Yo, dog, I fucked up, man. That was, that was crazy. So, all right, man. I, I, I never, I never, um. The times I met celebrities has never been kind of cold like that. Um, yeah. I would say most of the celebrities that I met was based off of photography stuff. Okay. Um, like so you acting like you acting like the picture guy so you can get close to the celebs. Okay, that makes you better than me. Well, first of all, I'm not. I, I wasn't the picture guy. I take offense to that wording. <laughs> I'm a photographer. I know things about cameras and how they work and all the technical stuff. All right. So I'm gotcha. definitely not the dude. Okay, that's a, side, that's a sidebar. I hate it when like I'm at like a wedding and they like the picture man is here. <laughs> the picture man. Like that just makes me feel like I'm the guy at the club. With the camera. <laughs> That's right. a picture, man. <laughs> like I create art. I'm 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 capturing moments. I'm documenting your day, or if I'm shooting up. So was the club guy. So was the club guy. You know how many memories shit. he creating. He's. You know how many memories he created in front of that champagne bottle background. Right. With the uh with the Mars. 
how many memories he's created with that with that uh with that uh that chair that straw chair right right right, right. how many memories he got man I don't guess don't shun him hey that's the picture man i'm i'm not a picture man so <laughs> right so um one i mean there's a few i mean like so one time i don't know if people um remember uh murphy lee yep you, you rapper from st louis yeah, rapper from st louis so gotcha he's st lunatic he seemed like he was about to like kind of bubble one day not one day right. but at one point at one point gotcha. and um that was this was after he had the song the the bad boys from the bad boy soundtrack oh shake your tail feather yeah was that his uh or was that yeah. nelly's well, it was Nelly's song, but he was but he was on there prominently featured on it along with Diddy. So, I mean, if I was on a song with Diddy, I would think like this is it. It's about to go, and it did appear that way. Um, okay, I mean, I guess it didn't quite work out. And so you tried the groupie him, but go ahead. What you do? No, I didn't at all actually. So I had to do. He was doing this photo shoot, and I was. Uh, this is around the time Pimp Juice was also out. The song again, the actual drink. And mm-hmm. he was like the spokesperson for Pimp Juice. Nice. And so Pimp Juice asked me to come to this photo shoot and kind of shoot some behind the scenes stuff with him and shoot some pictures of him like with the Pimp Juice. Right, and, right. And so that's why I was there. And did you get it? Did you taste the Pimp Juice? I don't think I've ever tasted it. Okay. I don't think I I've ever tasted it. Was it. Good. I think it was an energy drink or some shit, right? It was an energy drink. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Pimp Juice called you out. I think Nelly was like the first person to be on like the drink thing. Pimp Juice was the original. Like before, before Fifty Cent was on Vitamin Water. Yeah. Nelly is the first like to kind of just jump out and just go after something that was kind of out of the ordinary for rappers. Oh, okay. So that was good. I think. So anyway, so I'm at this photo shoot, and I'm like. I don't. I wasn't really quite excited or starstruck, even though this was Murphy Lee. He was just on set with Diddy and stuff. But okay, I just something about. I guess I wasn't like that big of a fan or whatever. Okay, I wasn't really impressed. But who I was impressed by was the photographer, um, which was I turned out to be Jonathan Mannion. Oh, I I expect okay. most people not to know who this is. I know I've told you about right. him before, but for the people, right, 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 for the masses, Jonathan Mannion has shot some of the most epic, the most, um, most recognized album covers, hip hop. Right. And by covers. the way, you know, you know Jonathan Mannion if you you've seen his work before. Oh, all of you you've definitely seen his work. You've um, seen his work. One one thing that stands out to me is like. Um, I forget what I think it was the is it Blueprint when, when um, was it Blueprint three when Jay Z had that commercial and it was like him going through the motions of doing all of his album covers. Oh, um, you remember that commercial? I do. Was that Blueprint three? The Blueprint three album was the one where everything was all white, all the instrumentation yeah, was all white. But but the commercial but though that showed, commercial I do remember that commercial. So though. so okay. All of those album covers that he went through, Jonathan Mannion shot every one of those. Just to give you an idea of the how epic this guy's career has been. So anyway. Yeah, by the way. So every every Jay-Z album cover up until... Blueprint, I think. Shit. BP3. I think Blueprint. Because that's the first one that Blueprint it didn't have 3. him on it, right? 
Um, yeah, everything but Blueprint Three, right? Yeah, I don't know about Blueprint. Did he do Blueprint Two? He might have. He I don't definitely know. did it was Blueprint Two. Oh wait a minute. Oh, he did. Do no, something. no, Blueprint was the blue one. Right. Blueprint, Blueprint Two, two just had his one? his face on it. It it it, it was that re- he had two versions of it, but that's I'm pretty not, sure. I think I, it was one. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Mayan shot that too. Yeah, Blueprint Two Point One was uh, where he took it from a double disc to a single disc was yeah. red. But so I so anyway, so I'm at the I'm at the set and I was just kind of asking him like because I saw he was shooting with some old camera, so I'm like, oh, what's you know, what's what's up with that? And so I I, I yo, talked to yo, him. Yo, duh. Uh, what what, what kind of <laughs> yeah, what kind of camera like, you got uh, on you? You know, do uh, you got a card or something? I would just like to take a look at some of your work because I didn't know who he was. And like I saw, like I, he gave me a card and I looked it up real quick, and man, I I was just blown away. You know, I instantly turned into a fan. I didn't say nothing else to him because you know. So he wait, was wait, time out, time out. If they got Jonathan Mannion there, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> Why did they call you? So I'm shooting the behind the behind the scenes stuff. He's not gonna shoot no Pimp Juice stuff. He's there being paid to shoot this album cover. Oh, what album cover was it? Uh, I think it's one that never came out. I'm not sure. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I didn't mean to turn into a sad moment. Sorry. <laughs> no, nah, hold on. Now, it's sad now you got me, the album didn't drop. Now you got me curious. See that? So Google is was so it a, Google is so spiteful. Informative. So, so I, I type in Murphy Lee right, and the first yeah. thing it says is net worth. Why they gotta be like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's not Google's fault. It's all so the thing that come to the top is the shit that people be searching. It's these nosy people out here that want to know. Yeah, this guy who was supposed to bubble, who didn't seem like he bubbled, how much money he got? I bet you I make as much as he do. That's just people, <laughs> shallow people, man. Uh, so I'm looking right now. I do not see the actual album cover. Or a photo so was from it, the album cover. So I, I don't was think it was it a you. was it a Murphy Lee thing? Was was he shooting his album? It was definitely his album. Um, oh okay. So so anyway, Murphy Lee and Jonathan Mannion. So that was like kind of the that kind of set a tone for every time I met somebody. So that was like another right. time. Another time, um, I was doing some behind the scenes stuff for uh, Cedric the Entertainer. He was doing yeah. like this Martin Luther King. Uh, um, like they were doing like the monument um, or the memorial or whatever, and they were trying to raise money. He was doing this commercial, and somebody asked me to shoot the behind the scenes stuff for that. And so I got to meet Cedric the Entertainer. I got to shoot him actually. Did photos of him at that shoot. That's dope. Um, you know, did he pay you? One on one. Uh, we did get paid. Okay. I did, I did get paid. Um, What's his net worth? I don't know. I don't know. He's still he's still actively working though, and so. But the, here's the funny thing about that one. I, I wasn't quite, I wasn't like starstruck by him. But who I was starstruck by was his bodyguard. And Who I'm, the fuck is he? I'm kind of weird like that, right? So his bodyguard, when I was walking in. The background in, guy. When I was walking in, I saw this man and I immediately knew who it was. I was like, no, I was like, man, that looks like old boy from Iron Ring. There was a there was a show that was one season long on BET called Iron Ring, and it was basically okay. like uh, black MMA guys. Okay. And like the rappers had like made teams. They had rappers on there, and they had teams 
and each guy oh, had like four yeah. guys. And so, I remember that. And so I remember that. One of the like one of the guys who was like kind of over the show, like the ho- he wasn't the host, but he was like kind of like one of the main um, organizers or whatever. He also was Cedric the Entertainer's bodyguard, and I was like really, really getting into MMA stuff. I was, you know, well, I wasn't actually doing MMA, but I was watching a lot, and so um, I saw that. I saw him. And I was more starstruck by him. I, I asked to get a picture with him and everything. That was the bigger highlight of my day that day than actually beating Cedric Entertainer. Seth was pissed. I bet you Seth was like, you don't take no more pictures. You're a bodyguard. Yo, how's he protecting Seth and he's snapping shots? See what I'm saying? He was outside okay. like smoking a cigarette or something. He wasn't even in the building said I mean, could have died in there man yeah it was like it was like, it was like eight kids out in there yeah they could have got him <laughs> they could have murk said what is he doing yo his street iq ain't up we need to talk about that right that, that fool street iq is terrible it did um but see here's the here's the problem here's my problem so a lot of the times um i feel like i have to impress I want to, I feel the desire, the need to impress these celebrities, If I, especially if I know I'm going to meet somebody. Right, and okay. So, um, so, for example, I met Andrew Schultz, uh, who's a comedian. He was on uh, Guy Code, uh, Benders, Brilliant Idiots, Podcast. Um, you should know him. Everybody should know Andrew Schultz. He did a yeah, comedy. Sh- he, did, he did a comedy show here in St. Louis. Okay. And yeah, he's a funny guy. And and yeah, and I was like front row. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan, right? And so after the show, he just walked out and he just stood there on the at the exit, you know, ready to meet people or whatever. So I go out there, and like he's a comedian, so I want to see if I can make him laugh. Right. Okay. And so I'm thinking of all these things, and and what I figured what I was gonna say to him was, I was just gonna ask him for his Jordans. Like I was trying okay. to get, I was trying to make him like, basically talk about like mention that on the show on the, on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, "Hey man, let me get your short your Jordans," and he's like, "Nah." And I was like, "All right, well, let me get your hat." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Let me get your hat." And he's like, "Nah, man." And he kind of he kind of just chuckled a little bit. So yeah. I got I got a smile out of Andrew Schultz. And then another right. time, um, another podcast came to read. And where'd you see? And where'd you see him in, in St. Louis? Yeah, it was in St. Louis. He was probably looking around to see if this wasn't some type of setup. That's what he was. That's why he got a smile. He's like, "Yo, is he, are you are you serious? Are you playing no, I was, right I was now?" Like, I was like, "No, I want a souvenir, man." Like, and so I actually have a plan. The next time, I'm gonna say the same things to him again. But then I'm gonna be like, man, come on, man! I watched Benders. I was like the only motherfucker who watched Benders. <laughs> right, right. You know, now that's funny. It, that's so funny. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I definitely get a laugh out of him, and I'm gonna ask him for his shoes and his hat again. And I'm gonna tell him I so, think he's um, great. I'm just gonna put it out there that you begging for Andrew Show's shoes is not that much better than me following Wale on Instagram. I just want to make that point. But it was a joke. It was intended. Mine as was a joke. too. Mine was too. I follow you on Instagram was a joke. Nah, yeah, man. That was, that was you ain't laugh at that thought, shit. Man. You ain't just laugh. He didn't it was laugh. A joke. He was like, oh man, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so um I met I met uh the Reed, Crystal and uh Kid Fury. And so I wanted to make them laugh. And so what I said to uh Crystals, um I said, um, I plan to propose to you, but I couldn't get the ring out of layaway in time. 
Mm-hmm. And she kind of was just like, okay, and kind of had her like awkward laugh. And Kid, right. and Kid Fury was like, well. She's like, awkward. Yeah, and Kid Fury was like, well, that's a very valid reason. And so okay. he made, so my joke made him make a joke. So I was impressed. I, I, I was happy about that. I think I got the best reaction that I could get. From okay, him. but it sounds like you owe for two right now, though, dog. Like, no, it's no cool. Laugh shit. No, she. I mean, it was cool. No, no. The now the time I really did bomb was <laughs> now I did have a I did have a time where I bombed. Right? Was say the time where you got tomatoes thrown at I you? Was, and I was I was saving this one for last. Okay. And so, um, as a photographer, I I had to uh, I was asked to shoot this. Um, cream release party now okay. cream is this liqueur right liqueur okay. that's, that's what you said liqueur say. yeah it's a liqueur that was uh the face of it was pharrell and nice. so pharrell was running around having all these release parties in i guess the yep, that's dope. cities and okay. so pharrell was like uh and so i'm there i'm shooting this doing this this really nice party and uh, Pharrell, well, hold on. Before I get to Pharrell, Pharrell was there, right? He was just kind of sitting yeah. in, and he was just kind of sitting and chilling. He had a DJ there. The DJ turned out to be JD, Jermaine All Dupri. Right. Okay, that's dope. So, so I didn't know, I didn't even know Jermaine Dupri actually was a DJ. Still DJ? <laughs> I didn't know he was a DJ in the first place, but Pharrell hired him. How you think he brought the broad out, man? I thought he was just like a hype man producer guy. Okay. I didn't think he was a, uh, like, he was like on the ones and twos kind of DJ. And so he yeah. was actually working. And okay. <laughs> so that so that was kind of funny to me. But anyway, it was just kind of strange because people was walking by JD. Like he was just some regular old cat. <laughs> like right. he just a regular he was working. Old DJ. He was like straight up working. And me, I'm kind of being disrespectful. Like, hey man, can I uh, sit this lens right here while I do this kind of thing? <laughs> like he ain't JD. <laughs> like he wasn't JD. Like he was. This is right. I think this was right after the Janet Jackson breakup. But I mean, this is a man who was sleeping with Janet Jackson. Yeah. Uh, but what, you know what you told him? All you do is spin records. <laughs> <laughs> But those that don't so, know, that was so I was kind of disrespectful club. to him, man. I yeah. was I wasn't really impressed, right? Um, I don't know. It just seemed he was too close. It was just he was too accessible, right? Now, Pharrell, on the other hand, he was like in it wasn't a roped off section, but it kind of had like an invisible rope. People just knew not to really be up in there, and but people would walk up and they'll kind of wait their turn to come talk to him, right? Okay. So anyway, uh, so I'm just, you know, he knew I was there. I was introduced to him by the Korean people. Um, and, you know, the, he knew I was there as the photographer or whatever. And so um, when they introduced me to him, like this is before I had like big planned out like jokes or whatever that I wanted to say to celebrities. Yeah. And actually okay. this thing came up at the last moment. And so anyway, I walked up to him. And man, I wish I could remember what I said, but I can't remember what I said. I tried to say something. Um, I feel like it was some kind of joke that I wanted to make him laugh. But I didn't know nothing about Pharrell. I didn't know nothing about his personality, for real. 
um, but I was, I knew who he was. I knew he was huge and I was a little nervous and I said something to him. He was like, oh yeah, man, that's cool. And, <laughs> and that was it, man. I just, I just was like, oh, okay. And I just walked away and just like, I was just gutted. I felt, <laughs> I felt, you know like, what? I felt like I'm you know what? in front of, in front of Pharrell. No, dog. That's why you feel like you got to make people laugh now. Because you got to get that joke off. You still trying to come from up under that bomb you did, man. Like, that that's was my, what that is. That was my one opportunity to impress J, uh, to impress Pharrell. I didn't care about JD. I didn't care about uh, impressing him. But Pharrell, I did want to impress him, and I completely bombed. You, you, you messed that up. I really wish I could remember what I said, but it wasn't. No, you don't. It's good you forgot that shit. <laughs> uh, but he did have a good taste in women. Like the 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 girls he had around him, they all looked good. They were right up my uh, my um, alley in the taste of women that I like. Um, oh, okay. You know. So you, see, you could have bonded about that. You could be like, "Yo, well, that was before he made some girls, good stuff." That was before they he had them around him. But oh, okay. It was kind of weird. They was just kind of. It was like three or four girls that was around him, and it. Seemed like they could have been friends, and I don't know. It was kind of weird, but <laughs> so yeah, yeah, man. I bombed on on that one, man. And those oh. are those are those are the standout celebrities um, that I've met. All right, I met. There's a couple other times. Like I said, I met some celebrities, and celebrities walked by, and I didn't say that stupid shit that I said to Wale. So um, I don't know what that was. I don't know what happened, but. I will make sure that that never, ever, ever happens again because that was, that was so whack. Right. But I, I redeemed myself for the moment. He probably only remember that it happened in his boys. He might, if man. If they ever heard this, they'll probably laugh at me. He might. I'm glad they didn't make a song about me. He might um, remember that time that dude walked up to him and was like, Pharrell, I or not Pharrell, but Wale, I love you. And uh, I follow you on, on Instagram. Instagram. I like all your yeah, posts. Man. They probably, they, probably, they probably laugh about that shit every day. They probably they like. They probably do. They probably be driving probably about it, you know. Just teasing right. them about. They probably do. <laughs> hey man, you remember that time when a uh, old boy walked up to you? It's like, hey, uh, Wale, I, I love you on Instagram. <laughs> and they it didn't go like that, dog. Shut up, man. They all it didn't go you, like man. that. They probably do. That's cool. But I came back. I think they. I think they let it go because at least I came back. I could have left it like that. You know what I'm saying, and then I'll be getting driven as we speak. It, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying. You, you said but it. But I, I went back. I went back. They don't care about that apology, man. People make mistakes, man. People make mistakes, man. So that's enough about the celebs. Um, I got something I want to say. I got some, I got some stuff that I want to address. Okay. Um, I've been thinking a lot about part-time activist, dog. I'm talking about. The people who are activists and it's only for part time. My understanding of a true activist is a person who wants to see a change and they devote a lot of their time trying to make sure that that change goes through. Uh, not these people who see something on Twitter and then they're super duper involved right. for five minutes right. because they sent three uh tweets that were about 140 characters and then they're super righteous and then they go back to doing the shit i would that they want to do 
Yeah, I, I would say that this has reached um, epidemic proportions. Right. We're at an all-time high right now. We are at an all-time high. It's uh, it's pretty epic, and the shit is annoying. And at the end of the day, I really don't care what people do because people are going to do what they want to do, and they should be able to do what they want to do. But it needs to be said that the part-time activity is is kind of disrespectful to the people who devote or who devote, excuse me, who devote uh, their entire lives to something, to a cause that means a lot, and you just spend your couple of minutes talking about what you want to do and how it should be, but you really don't do shit but spend that couple of minutes or in those couple of posts. Is it, I was gonna say, is it even just a couple of minutes? I mean, they just post about it and. And, and then it's gone, and it right? Just ends there, right? And you know what? It can be, it can be the act. The activity could be anything. Uh, the thing that's been hitting me lately uh, is the um, the black activist, the super black, the super black, super black power people okay. talking about black this and black that, and um, you know the people who are talking about whether it's um, Black Lives Matter is a sham or whether it's Black Lives Matter is there's a white man behind it running the whole program. You know, there's actually people who are spewing a lot of information and they they all have podcasts as well. And they have YouTube videos and they have ways they have platforms to get this information out. And the problem that I have is that they have a bunch of followers that just follow every little thing that they say. And it's and it's pretty disgusting because uh you know back in the 90s these are the same people who would drink cyanide thinking that a change was going to come and they end up dying okay. all together these are people who would join a cult is what it seems like, like these people are joining a cult okay yeah these that's 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 what these people would do just listening to these people and and spewing all the information they get from these people they, and they go and regurgitate it to other people. I think, you I know think what I'm a, saying? Yeah, I think another word for that um, that they like to use is uh, lemmings. What's the word? Lemmings. Nimmings? Lemmings. L-E-M-M-I-N-G, I think. Oh, lemmings. I've never heard of that one. So, you know what a lemming is? It's like a, it's an animal. It's like... Okay. And so, if you call a person a lemming, it, it's, it's, it's an insult. So, okay. so the biggest issue with lemmings, like they would, there's a video you just have to look them up. They are such followers, like they would just be in a big group, and they'll run and jump off a cliff, and all of them, like a group of a hundred of them, will all jump off just because <laughs> they saw. They all for the cause, baby. So, they all so, for the cause. Somebody kind of like just blindly follows anybody, or they just listen to whatever they are told from social media that person's considered a lemming. Okay. And you know what? It's not just the social media people. I mean, we even have churchgoers and all kinds of people. Person, if you listen yeah. if you listen just to what another person says without trying to do the research yourself, yep. you're doing yourself a disservice. You know what I'm saying? And anybody who's trying to tell you anything and trying to speak it as if it's fact and it's not their opinion and they're not telling you where they get the source from or they're not trying to volunteer where they get that information from, please stop following them. You know what I'm saying? Or at least try to contact them so you can do some of the research yourself. 
because just like that episode that I had or that uh, conversation that we had a few episodes ago about these memes that are coming out and people not doing research and just believing everything that they see. They don't know where the fuck is coming from. Right. You people have no idea where this person is getting this information from. He could be getting it from somebody that he trusts and that person don't know what the fuck they talking about. So stop the madness. Stop the activity of just taking people's words and copying them and spewing them because you keep the lies and the untruths and all that going. And it's usually the part-time activists that do that because people who are truly into the into the movement, they want to know everything about the movement and they try to learn the history of the movement, of the movement. You know what I'm saying? I can't stand being in a conversation with with, with somebody and then this other person walks up or butts into the conversation and he feels like he got to put his afro on, you know what I'm saying? Right. His He got to put his afro on and start telling me about how blacks did this and how the whites are doing this and how Trayvon Martin this and Mike Brown that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's like you really don't care about those situations. You're really not out there trying to help. You're really not out there trying to provide a solution. And if you really got that much of a problem with it, try to find a solution, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I was listening to this the other day and... Such and such said that, you know, there was a white man that's behind the whole Black Life Matters campaign. Right. It ain't even black people doing that. All they have to and, do, yeah, it's just. And you know what? It might, it might be true. It might be true. You know what? The person I was talking to when they said that, I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. So, oh, oh, I forgot to say, the so, so-called person that's spewing that information made a statement like. Oh yeah, and I know for a fact because I know some of the people that's that's in it. Is I I know some of the names, and I'm waiting on these names so I can start googling and researching to see if this thing is true. And the guy never he never divulged the names. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm just supposed to believe you blindly because you claim you know these. Yo, yo, I would I would stop listening to that guy immediately. I would stop listening to anybody who's just spewing a bunch of information and. They don't give me their sources. You know what I'm saying? Now, I understand that journalism, there's rules to journalism. It's kind of like Dame Dash. That's what Dame Dash said. So you, you are clearly a follower of Dame Dash. He told Charlemagne, like, what's your source? Not to be, yeah, not, not to be a, a chatty, chatty patty. patty. You being a chatty patty unless you names. <laughs> yo, yo, I just have a problem with people making outrageous claims and they can't tell where they got their information from or they're spewing information as fact. You know what I'm saying? If if you can't name names, then you can't say that it's factual. All you can say is what I heard was and then I can respect it as that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So that's 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 my problem right there. Um all you people who put your afro on and get on Twitter and start spewing all this information. And then you take your afro off and you put it on your nightstand. Um, you done. Stop putting on your afro and taking it off, dog. Like if you're gonna be a if you're gonna be an activist, support the movement, support the cause. Don't just be putting your afro on and taking that shit off, man. It's it's disrespecting the people who fight the cause every day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I understand every little bit helps. Um, I'm not saying that you gotta you gotta quit your job and start going and do it, but your your five minutes of you caring and then you don't care for the rest of the 23 hours 
55 minutes of your day is disrespectful to the movement, man. That's that's all I want to say about that. Yeah, and um, I know it's almost time to wrap up, but uh, I got something I want to say. I know this is your time, but let me just say this real quick. So I have a beef with um, with iTunes. Oh man! With Apple Come on, man. iTunes, right? It better be a damn good beef, man. Now they're owning a lot out here. I got I got some beef about some other things, but this particular beef with iTunes. Uh, affected me today as I was preparing for the show. So before we start recording, I always listen to music. And um, and so uh, I go. So I, I I used to buy a lot of albums and songs and stuff from iTunes, and uh-huh. you know pay for the stuff, right? And so. Right. Uh, I've been doing so. this for years, and so the songs always follow you. You know, you pay for them, so they make sure you keep them. I don't know if they changed something recently or what's going on, but um, so um, I'm struggling in these streets, and so my uh, <laughs> my card, um, I tried to buy something, um, and like the card the money wasn't on the card to cover whatever i was trying to buy i think it was like a title subscription or something is actually what did it and okay. um and so they 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 temporarily pause your card until you resolve the issue okay understood you can't buy anything else don't buy happens. nothing else they won't you ain't they got won't, no money they won't homie. allow you to right cool i'm right. totally with that you ain't got the money we shutting you down until you get your shit straight cool i'm all for that but today i go to uh to press play on my music and the shit about billing comes up saying there's a billing issue you know please go and resolve it okay i could not press play on a song that i paid for (laughs) on a song you bought already i bought this shit (laughs) And I couldn't press play. And I'm just like, man, play my damn Al, Al Green for the good times and get the fuck on somewhere. I no, bought man. this shit already. I already paid for no, it. Man. No, man. They want their money. Man, look. I I don't really want no problems with Apple in the end. I mean, like I said, we got a little issue that we're trying to work through. So, Apple, please, you know. Just, just, just don't do that no more. Just have a heart. I mean, I just want to play my shit that I've already paid for, and I want y'all to right. resolve this other issue that we got going on. But come on, man, that's fucked up. So that's all I got to say to Apple because I don't want no problems. Because like I said, they giving me many free iPhones. Anytime my iPhone breaks, they give me a free one. It's all good. Yeah, man. And, uh, I fools with Apple, man. I don't want no problems with Apple other than. You really don't want no problems with that. Let me let me play my damn Al Green. Go. Let me live. Let me live. And that's all I got. All right. Man. All right. Cool. Cool. So check this out. Um, damn. And I know the show is going a little bit long, but um, I was really, really excited about that article that I that I read. It's called "The Case Against Tokenism," and uh, a couple of other things. It didn't. The whole thing wasn't about tokenism. Uh, it also he also just talked about. Um, African Americans uh, being a being a 
power, being a powerful force and breaking down segregation. And he was saying that self-awareness was helping black people do that. So that was really interesting. So I, I wanted to share that. And also that the article talked about the act of nonviolence in a very, very educational way, which was super cool because I thought nonviolence was just kind of whack. It's like, what is what is this boycotting going to do? But what it explained was it, the way they explained it. I just have a whole new respect for how nonviolence affects the oppressor. You know what I'm saying? Right. He explained how nonviolence creates a healthy uh, form of discontent rather than hatred. And with nonviolence, you can struggle without hating and you can fight without violence, you know, because um, you don't because when, when you're violent, you, you begin to hate your opponent because you're, you're fighting this person. They're hitting you back. And when they hit you, it makes you matter. And so you got this hatred. But with nonviolence, you don't build that same discontent and hatred. And never I never looked at it that way. And so um, one other thing and I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Uh, one other thing I thought he said that was really, really interesting was uh the key is um that if you're if you're a minority the act of initiating violent acts it can really speed up your extinction because you're you're outnumbered and you know being nonviolent, you have to be creative you know what i'm saying you have to find a creative way to hurt somebody or to make somebody feel what you're saying if you're nonviolent. so that was pretty cool and he also said hate is hate is is always tragic it is injurious to the hater and also to the hated it distorts the personality and it scars the soul and i was like man that is super super deep that he would say something like right. that so this was back in the 60s man this is why he was held with such high regard he was saying this powerful stuff in the 60s not saying that there weren't smart people back then but just the way that he spoke in the 60s totally speaks to what we're going through today and that was a special guy man he's a very special man um anyway that's all i have about that so i guess we can wrap this thing up you all good yeah i'm good man you all good i'm chilling all right well there you have it this is the corporate streets podcast we hit we got another week down you know what i'm saying so what we want to tell you is give us an opportunity to entertain you give us an opportunity to take that drive to work and make it more entertaining make that drive to work more fun give us a listen man we we out here educating you we out here giving you uh an opportunity to look at things from a different perspective if you have a topic that you want to hear us talk about you can email us at the corporate streets at gmail.com that's the corporate streets with a z that's s-t-r-e-e-t-z at gmail.com if you want to send us some emails and uh, ask us our perspective on a situation you may have, we are the advice connoisseurs. We can definitely help you with that. And that's what you need to do, man. Just give us give us some of your time. Send us some emails. You need to do that. All right. Also, um, we are on iTunes and we are on SoundCloud. So give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a rate. You know what I'm saying? Tell us what we're doing, man. We appreciate the feedback. We just want to make this show more interesting and we want to make it so you feel like you're right there with us in our conversation. And that's all I have to say. You've listened to the Corporate Streets podcast. This is the podcast for people who hear sirens and don't know whether somebody just got murked or the old lady next door 
fell and you couldn't get up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, man. Y'all have a good week. Peace. Bye, everybody. <laughs>